Welcome to All Things Pilates, Season 4. Though we can't know exactly what Joseph Pilates was thinking or feeling towards the end of his life, we do know he wanted the entire world to practice Contrology, and that want has certainly become a reality. Hello everyone, I'm Darian Gold, and here on All Things Pilates, we discuss the man, the method, and how his genius continues to influence and inspire. With us today is Mary Bowen. Mary is the most senior of our Pilates elders who has taught the Contrology system for the last 47 years and who is also a Jungian psychoanalyst. Season four started off with Anna Schaefer, one of Joe's students, and it's only fitting to book in this season with another one of his disciples. Mary, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Darian. Glad to be back. Mary, besides teaching the Contrology system for 47 years, which is incredible into itself, you've had the Pilates method in your body and in your life for 63 years. What has that been like for you? It's an evolution. It continues to grow. And I was born an intuitive. That means I was not in my body when I was little. I was in the spirit and in the air going very fast, not on the ground. So my whole life has been a journey to the deepest part of the psyche, which for an intuitive is sensation, is the body. So I'll never be done, even at the moment of breath, I'll still be coming into my body. Let me just ask you, when we say I have a, like a, my intuition tells me something, is this that? place that is inside us, are you saying that you just live there 24-7? Yeah, and born, born with that as the uh, strongest function. This is, this is Jungian psychoanalysis, analytical psychology, that he, he discovered with his peers that we in every moment, there are four ways that we experience and learn about life. And two of them are opposites. There's intuition, and sensation. Those are opposites. One is in the air, one is on the ground. So you'll be born with one either place. Everyone has a, a placement for those two. And then there's thinking and feeling. And they're opposites. Thinkers don't feel and feelers don't think. So if you're thinking first, the work of your life is to go to the bottom of your unconscious and learn to live from your heart. That's the big journey, is to not just stay with what's easy. The first two functions are in our ego, and we're aware. And before Jung came, nobody much knew that there was a whole side of the self still to be discovered that really is where your creativity comes in and where your spirit comes in. That's how important. What happens if you're a feeling person and you only live your life through your heart? Aren't you missing something? Well, that, that person is having the whole life to learn to be objective and would be a very special gifted thinker if they make the journey. And those, those people, when they've made the journey to thinking, 
who's talking, you wonder? It's so profound what they say that it's like God speaking. But yes, we all need to go for the thing that is the bottom of the psyche. That's, that's where the whole person now is achievable. That's never been so before. I imagine you're a thinker. <laughs> and maybe maybe a thinking sensei. And then if that's true, then intuition needs to be worked on to bridge you to the doing what you feel from your heart is your direction in life. If you're interested in becoming the whole of Darien. I see. And it, it's not easy to turn your skin inside out. If you're born an extrovert, you'll then have to learn the introvert will be with the lower functions. If you're born introverted, you'll become more and more extroverted. Past about 45, 50, you become this other side of yourself. Whether people know it or not. They don't do it if they don't work on it. It just stays almost as the problem. And it's still quite new that people bother to journey into the whole psyche. It's a lot of work and maybe you're called to it. I don't know. Maybe you're born needing to do it. It's a lot of a lot of patience, but it's worth it. What was Joe? Joe was a sensei thinker. He was just as extroverted in the body, and thinking was not the not acute. It just was that uh, the idea you could say is that contrology was thinking your way into your body, and that's how how Ramana described it. It's thinking. Thinking your way into your body. And in my case, that's bullshit. Because mine is much more of a spiritual journey into the body. It's, it lies in a, in a realm that stays dead unless I go and wake it up. You know? So we can be young as long as we're alive. I'm, I'm coming into things that are just being born now at 93. I couldn't do it before. So that's very exciting. Are you coming into this new way of being via the Pilates method? I do it through body because body is my deepest place in the psyche. So as an intuitive, I was very quick to learn everything and to connect everything, to see the big picture. But to live one moment at a time, to concentrate on one thing at a time, even to take time to breathe, that's difficult for the intuitive. You work hard for that. So like an onion skin, if you can imagine, it's still peeling off. There are things that if I am alone, because I'm now more introverted, I have been very extroverted. And if I'm alone and focused exquisitely on anything that feels like it still needs to open, it can open now. It never could before. I was too busy for one thing. And you're acutely aware of this. Oh, you're so aware of it that it's like you just had a baby. You're just born. It's very full of joy. Wonderful. And that's something you could never do before. Well, you would feel it in, in your force function in having more feeling than you would have ever dared to have. And you don't get there by just wish. You get there by going through a lot of hell. Oh, yeah. And that's the school. But it's because it's been pushed down and repressed, especially in women. So we're more astute and eager about growing than the men are, because it's new for us to be allowed to really voice ourselves. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Pilates now is pretty much dominated by women 
perhaps the direction of the Pilates method will continue to evolve, like you're saying. Dancers helped him keep it, get it born in this country, and they were both male and female. So it wasn't more one than the other with Joe. A lot of companies were dancer, male dancers. So you didn't see that in his lifetime the way you do now. And women have just caught on. They're hungry for the development. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely hungry. Yeah. Mary, your Jungian training and your Pilates came together, something, I don't know what happened or what was happening in yeah, your I'll head. You. Well, I, it was never, never, never thought up. I didn't decide to be anything. I became what I am. Both of them, I, I learned them. I learned them. I started at 29. I started the, the years of dream, every dream I cataloged for 11 years for, and a weekly lesson every week for at least 11 years. That was a deep journey into the unconscious. And I did that with a wonderful Dutchman. And with, with Joe, I was learning his work. And I was only six and a half years with Joe because he died. Uh, probably six and a half years, except for Anna that you spoke of, is the longest of any of the people who claim it. She should claim the longest. He was 76, 70, 79, 79, 76, I think, when I started. He died at 87. And, and I, up until he was too ill, I went twice a week. I went so deeply for me. I was not there to become a teacher. That is almost to me ridiculous to start Pilates with the intention to become a teacher when you don't even know yourself. But that's what's happened. So you do to both at once. But I did it for me and I did it in such depth that first I was still just doing Pilates. And after Joe died, I did it with Bob Seed for seven years. Then I was doing it with Ramana for seven years. That was followed with Kathy Grant for seven years, then Bruce King until he died. It was not quite seven years. And then 20 years with Christine Wright. Weekly lessons, except twice a week with Joe, for 56 years. So I gave to myself. It's always about understanding it before I teach it. First, I was done with about, I was about 40 years old, 1970, and I was out of the real deepest part of my journey into the dreams because my unconscious told me so. You just are, you're taught by your unconscious. It's the most personal teacher you have in your life. And people don't realize that every dream you have is about something you don't know about yourself. So you're always learning more about yourself. And finally, I was learning how to become part of Earth, part of body, part of the mother nature that was my deepest journey when i had a dream that i was lying on my side in my garden and i was counting drops of saliva coming out of the mouth of an insect and my, my analyst heard that dream his arm went up to the ceiling and came down hard on his chair and said god damn it to hell you have to go so damn deep. But I had to become as close to nature as an insect. And now, you know, that was from being airborne, not being grounded. So that was taking from the age when that was coming in was about 39, 40. And I've been doing it 10, 11 years. 
but then why did I become a, a psychoanalyst even is is that I was asked to be. I journeyed so deep and people knew it and they knew me. And in one year when I had had the dream that people were lined up around the city block to come see me, that dream, it came true. One year I had 23 weekly clients. I have never, ever put out an advertisement in my life. I have just become the thing that I do. Not by intention, by experience, and by personal growth. That's wonderful. Do you teach that in your Pilates Plus Psyche trainings or courses? Do you teach that philosophy? I don't do, I don't do dream analysis. What I use in the relationship between the two, and, and I kept them separate for 20 years, Arian. I didn't know that that would be a combination until one day a client was in such distress with another teacher in my studio in Massachusetts that I was called over you know, to try to help her. She just was terribly frantic that she couldn't do what her teacher asked her to do. And I, unknowing the typology of a person, know what they're capable of doing early and then what they grow better at. And I could see she was an intuitive and she couldn't connect with her body. She could try, but for years you do you work with the body, for the body, at the body, and even me, starting at 29, at about 55, 27 years later, I was connected to the body. That's how long it would take, you know. Wow. And so I just explained her typology to her and explained that it was too soon for her to do this. Don't worry about it. There's nothing wrong with you. You will grow more connected as you continue to do it. She calmed down and she went so peaceful. And other people had been upset about this woman and they were listening in. And they heard this and they saw the transformation over a discussion of typology. And from that day on, Darian, I had to be the Pilates teacher and the psychoanalyst. It just was it came in. It just came in on its own timing. And then by 2000, when PMA started, first year, we just met in a little little place, not a big hall. Second year, I introduced it. And ever since, I've been letting a person know, we're typing them, and working, knowing what they're good at, and then where we have to work the most is what they're not good at and letting them understand that that's where the growth really happens, not in just learning things outside yourself. It's an inner growth as well as a, a growth of the controlology. And do you do this one-on-one -on -one or in small groups? I like one-on-one -on -one best because everybody's different and everybody's timing is personal. And But I have done loads of workshops all over around the world, you know, not since COVID. And I kind of appreciate being home <laughs> and not being always traveling. One-to-one -one is very fine. This way, either Zoom or phone, I have just more clients than I ever had. We work very deeply from home to home. COVID is not, has not destroyed Pilates at all. We've found other ways to meet and work with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mary, on your website, you have a fabulous quote, which I really can relate to. The student and the teacher live together in us. There is no graduation from that duality. And I was hoping that you could explain a little bit more about what you mean in this quote. 
you know that you're set as a teacher, but there there is no way you're done. You're still working on things in yourself, ways even to understand how to teach better. And it becomes less information, more intuiting in helping the person work right from where they are in the moment. So it's not just laying information on them, and it is when you're young and you're just trying to learn what you're supposed to do. It's growing from within yourself. And so much more me learning the person and not just putting things on the person. And, and I would, in a class, you have to teach a certain thing to everyone. But not, those people are not needing the same thing at the same moment. Really, one-to-one is the best way to learn. And especially when you're asked to reveal and make your own inner journey. You know that by now, too, Darian. Yes, I do. But not every teacher sees themselves as a student in such a way that when they're working with someone or small groups, that they're in there with them as a student. But if you look back one year and you think, how did I think I knew anything last year? (laughs) You're you're learning so much as you're learning. I say that now. (laughs) And and you having been through COVID is like a treasure house of new experience. I don't know about a treasure house, but yeah, for sure. You know more about breathing than a normal person would ever need to know. Yes. And that's probably the biggest problem of an American. His life goes too fast here. Absolutely. And also, maybe there are Pilates instructors out there who don't yet know that Joe's work can be a true healing modality. Maybe they just do teach from a very strict... They may might start that way, especially if they're sensate. If they're sensate first, the body's what's so available to them. And they kind of assume that's what they have to teach another person to do, too. But if they're teaching an intuitive, they better wait 27 (laughs) years for that person to get where they are. And what they need to learn from that intuitive student is what is intuition? What's going on with this person? They're smarter than I am. They can see what they're getting everything, but they can't do it. You know, they know they're smart. They're so smart in school that you don't even have to study. You just get it. But that's not being grounded. So I think the sensates maybe would get bored the first. They're so good at their own body that unless they become intuitive and understand that there's always a new way to do everything and understand everything forever, there are variations on everything you're doing. If they get that part of themselves enlivened, then they're going to keep evolving in themselves at the same time as they are as a teacher of Pilates. But I think it's awfully good to be doing something that you can't do very well at first. Agreed. Yeah. We really go through hell and you can't you can't even <laughs> come through. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. You did mention that you are turning 93 years young in January. Mm-hmm. And as you know, many people have already retired. Or died. By, or died. by that age. <laughs> or died. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to say that, Mary, but yes, that's true. Not too many in the 90s, more than it used to be. I don't know the difference. I didn't feel 
I, the most creative years of my life were in the 70s because I could then be just creative with everything and see. I, I used the Cadillac as its creative just arena. Joe did too. He loved the Cadillac the most. You can just address anything in a new way on that. So, but then 80s, I didn't see much difference. 90s, what what's different? Only that you feel you probably won't get to 100. Not too many people do. And you probably won't be able to stay working like this, but maybe I will, you know. I mean, we, we don't know. But you know that, you know, at 70, you're thinking of 80. 80, you're thinking of 90. 90, you're thinking of 100. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's got to be exceptional. So I don't know. I just love learning all the time something more about myself. And that, if, if I learn it in myself, I'll have more to share. And this is what keeps you young, is the, the desire to... Yeah, coming in, coming in new and, and not being fixed, is, it's true. And also being born funny. You know, a uh, sense of humor is also a help. Because it balances the depressive times, you know, you don't, oh, you yeah. don't, get, you don't get sunk. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. I was going to be a comedian. Everyone wanted me to be a big comedian. And it was at 29 when they said, now go for it. And they couldn't under- understand why I didn't go for it, because it was easy. I was just, uh, I didn't need a script. I just could be funny. And all sorts of people funny, you know, all sorts of characters. And I thought, well, something wrong with me, maybe. And I went to this psychoanalyst that the, my Yale friends were going to see. Early in your 30s, you wonder who you are, what your life work. And I went to ask him, is it possible that I have a neurosis that doesn't allow me to say yes? Everybody's saying I should get, yeah, say yes and go for And, you know, before I was out of that first session, I was home. I was meant to take the inner journey, not the outer journey. And I went as far and deep as my psyche needed to go. And then... What came out was helping people to know how to deal with their unconscious. And I didn't mean to teach Pilates. I was 16 years into Pilates myself, and I was with Ramana at that time. And my, my had started my analytical clients five years already. I was up in Northampton, and they were lovely young people coming in. And I had some machines. I had a, a Cadillac, a reformer a big barrel, and and they walked by this when they went to the bathroom. And they did this for long enough that it was like a windstorm. Will you just show us what you do on this stuff? I never thought of teaching Pilates. I went to Ramana, and I said, Ramana, what should I do? They want me to show them, and then I've been doing it 16 years. They realized that at that point, you were required literally to have done it 10 years for yourself before you could teach it. Oh, my goodness. And that was good. That was good. Yes. So uh, she, she knew that I was in, uh, available, but she did. I didn't know, and she knew. She said, you did a very good thing to come and speak to me because she was starting to want to own it, and she worked 25 years to own it, and she didn't want compa- a competition, you see. And so she talked to her lawyer, I'm sure, and they decided... You can tell her that she can do it, but she has to make up her own name for it, not like a Pilates studio. And she has to say 
she bases it on the Pilates method. So then Romana could still own it, you see. And I'm not thinking of being any more than just showing my clients. And the thing just evolved and evolved. And, <laughs> and now I'm the most senior elder in the world today who studied with Joe and Clara. That's a nice way to live life. Let it evolve. Don't try to make it happen. That's too much tension. That's great advice, Mary. Yeah, it's good advice. I was lucky I could come on my analysts that way by through my own experience, and then they wanted me to help them. And the same thing with Pilates. I think I would tell you, if you go deep enough into your own unconscious, you will come into your life. You're real what you're born to do. Not necessarily when your mind decides you're going to go do this or that. I know that's true because it's me. But, you know, you can't make anybody want to do what they don't know about or don't want to do. So... I just sit here, still busy at 93. <laughs> it's pretty wonderful. Absolutely. Well, speaking of 93 and being the most senior, last month you were inducted into the first ever Pilates Legacy Circle during the PMA's convention in Las Vegas. How did that all come about? I think it came about out of embarrassment that Lolita, who's 88, uh, and I, the two longest, longest PMA elders, and others have died, and we were not given even one hour to teach. And such a fuss was made that I think they made this effort to appease and honor the elders. We were not given an hour to teach, and I didn't go. I didn't go. I was on Zoom. I thought, I'm a teacher. I'm not going. But also, my husband's uh, compromised immune system. I wasn't going to risk COVID either. So that made it up. And I said, well, we started a PMA the first time we met in this, this little room. There were a hundred of us and there were four elders. There was uh, Ron Fletcher, Lolita, Kathy Grant, and myself. From the every year, 20 years, we were honored beyond belief. We were given our airfare to go to the conference. We were given palatial places to live there. It was ridiculously funny. We were met with limousines at the airport and taken back to the airport. I mean, we were so honored for having that been that long with Pilates that it's kind of funny that now we're part of a legacy circle that was a PMA, which is trying to survive the awful uprooting of COVID and all the staff having to change. I wish them well, you know, they're about one third of what they used to be. You know, we have to wait and see. And people just abandoned it mostly. And this conference, um, one of my good friends was there. She said it was very lovely. There were about 300, a little more than 300 instead of a thousand. So they're gonna have to work back. You know, it was a big severance of what went through that organization. But Pilates is everywhere. That's just one organization. All countries in the world practically are doing Pilates. Which is what he wanted. It's what he believed would be. The whole world will be doing my method. Yes. He didn't get very far with it in, in his, for his ego. He didn't get far with it. Even they were pretty strapped and people were just keeping them going. But we hung in there, and that's all you needed. And, you know, once I got the permission from Romana to teach, 
I had a dream right away when Joe came to me in my analytic studio up in Massachusetts where I was going to do this teaching in the back where I had the equipment. And he was in his bare legs and his little shorts and his little shoes, just like his regular bare chest. And he was just like himself. He said, I want you to only do Pilates. And he knew from the other side. He didn't leave the, the watching us until this thing was settled. And I said, Joe, I work in three states a week. I'm also a, an analyst, a psychoanalyst. I have 11 cats and a husband and a sailboat. Now, there's no way that I can only do Pilates. And I said, but I promise you, I will always do Pilates. And Joe had this way when he didn't get his whole, what he wanted all the way. He made a sound of acceptance, and it was sort of like, <laughs> and it's like he swallowed his tongue. And he did that the first time I met him when he said, you come three times a week. And I said, but well, I come in a train from New Haven. I could maybe come two times a week. And again, he did that. <laughs> and that was, had to accept it. <laughs> I just uh, was a beautiful little mannerism of Joe that came even after he died in a dream. So, yeah. And when you woke up, any other new revelation or you just were, you had more validation? Well, I just knew I was helping him too. He wasn't able to get it done. And then when I got to the big studio in Northampton, it had been going several years, and there were many teachers. We were all teaching on the floor. And I looked at the, the chairs that people could come and sit in if they wanted to view and see what this was. And Joe was sitting in one of those chairs. And this was a dream. It was about, I think it was maybe three, four years into the big studio. And I said, excuse me, to my client. And I went over and I sat on Joe's lap. And I said, I'm trying, Joe. And he said, I know you are. It was truly a visit. And I said that dream to the first PMA meeting in that little little place where there were a hundred of us. And it, I led in, I said, and so are we all trying each one of us in our own individual way. Yes. And may we always accept each other's creative gifts and creative differences. Um, that was a wonderful beginning. And people are pretty well accepting more and more as time goes on. Because there's so many variations now, so many combinations now. And if you're true to yourself, as true as you can be, Go ahead and do it your way, because that's going to be a gift. It's your gift. No one will be doing what exactly you do and what you give. So I don't believe we have to standardize it and make everybody do the same thing. Nope, that's not, that's not a creative life. And he wanted us to be creative with his work? Well, he, he never asked for that. But when he saw me, even at, in my early 30s, just not intentionally changing a pattern somewhere of, a, of one of the exercises. He'd come over and he'd say, that's good. Just be sure you're using your whole body. And that to me, when uh, just at this at PMA last time, I was asked, 
what would you say is the main thing about Pilates? What word would you use? I said, I would use whole body because it means your fingernails, your hair follicles, every bit of you is concentrating on what you're doing. It's not just for a part. And I think I could be, begin to be that at 55. I'm still coming into more of it. And I would say probably the best breath I'll ever take in my life will be my last one. Oh. I've made it. Time to go. <laughs> I've done my work. I made it. It's, it's an awful lot to turn yourself into the opposite of yourself in order to be a whole person so that all your four functions, the conscious and the unconscious, are experiencing and expressing at the same time. And you're also as able to be the other, an introvert or extrovert. You have the scope of the human being totally worked through for yourself. That's a life work. It's fascinating. Yes. Yeah. And people need it because they don't know who they are. They want their this or their that, but they're not, not an individual enough yet. So I, can, I encourage that. And you said, well, what's your greatest gift? My greatest gift is to give you more of you. That's what I would do for each person. Give you more of yourself. The whole body part of yourself you don't even know yet. That's that's what a human being is like. We are always transitioning. We are always evolving. Always evolving into more of ourselves. It's the first human being, total human being. Even in the zodiac, there's a new archetype, which is the self. There's never been that before. That came in with Jung. So... That's a whole human being, and it means dark and light, you know, and probably the shit flying in our country politically is, is in a collective way showing it, you can't be just nice anymore. You have to own the dark side. There's day and night. It's both and, and it's both your conscious ego self, and it's the unconscious that's determining more than anything who you are and what you do. Whether you work with it or not, it screws you right up. And it's going to have to try to teach you because it's in you. It wants to grow. And it starts as baby and it grows up alongside you. You start a whole other life when you're, you would be growing as probably a, a feeling intuitive extrovert, maybe. Are you like an introvert by nature or an extrovert? I would say extrovert when I was dancing. Well, when you were a little kid, did you just talk to everybody that came by? Yeah. Okay. So if you were, were an extrovert, you'll never lose anything you've been. You add to it. So you would be becoming an introverted feeling intuitive, I think. That's so sensitive. It would scare you to death, say, 10, 20 years ago. But it would become more and more delicious the more you... Fill in that part of yourself. I think you've grown in your feeling since you've been sick. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And there's more dairy in there. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I celebrate it, though. Yeah. It isn't easy to work with a part of yourself that we have to call unconscious. You know, and we never will get it all done. But 
those functions just wait in there, and the one at the bottom is going to give you the biggest problem. If it's feeling, that's going to be where you've suffered the most. If it's body for me, that tension has been the hardest to bear. How do you unravel and make a comfortable animal out of yourself? You know, now I go out and I feed my deer, and they know I'm in my body. They don't run from me. And I say, hello, dear. Then they're standing right there. And one I one yesterday, there was no food there. I said, wait here now. Stay. I'll go bring you your food. And it stayed. I mean, we're like friends. Deer? Deer are scared to death of people. But they know I'm an animal because I've worked so damn hard to do become one. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And it's worth it to grow yourself through the hardest parts. But I mean, I, I don't make everybody do it. I take a person on where they are and start from there. I don't say we're going for this or we're going, we just, is there even an appetite in a person? You know, but I can see what's unattended. So I can help make a point of more to do there. And sometimes that person just takes hold of the part that really needs the most help. Are you observing your student when they are, for example, if you give them a set of exercises or just one exercise, you're more observing how they interpret what you're giving them, correct? So you learn more about how they're processing the information. Well, I think I'm learning more from how they experience what they're doing. And then what they say about that. And I never have a program because I'm not training people anymore. I just found that was sort of artificial to me. And I take them where they are and we see where they are when they walk in. The whole thing's a creative power too. We just dive in, you know, and I don't have an intention. I see what happens and respond to it. At PMA, with the people that other other ones that were the elders, one of them was Jay Grimes. I've never met Jay Grimes, but he said some beautiful things that that, uh, that week or so ago that were just like take it from where the body person is. You know, he sees where they are, and that's what we we should be starting from, not superimposing. We grow through our weakness. We don't grow through our strength. That doesn't need us. That's just repeating itself. But what you can't do, that's where you're going to grow from. And this is why it's a lifelong practice. Yeah. Yeah. You're never done growing. Never done growing. Well, Mary, I could see we could have this conversation when you're 103 because you're going to be here in 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, no, no. I have no I have no plan. And my life has worked itself and I'm following it. I'm following it, and I got over needing to make things happen. That was exhausting. By the time you're about 50, you ought to stop doing that. Now, you. let's see Let's see where you're taking. Absolutely. Yeah. Good for you, Darian. Yes. I'm so glad you're better. Thank you. Me too. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you yeah. for your time today, Mary. Well, thank always. you, and I hope somebody gets inspired. I, I would <laughs> think so. Okay. They can call. They can call me. I'm available all the time. Okay. How do they reach out? They can call me or email me. The phone is 860-663-2111. That's in Connecticut, a landline, 
I'm always there, and I don't go to my other two places yet. I'm doing still all from here. And then I have a, a little email that uh, is welcome, Mary at Pilates, small mp, dash marybowen.com. Um, we'll see. And your website. Well, my website, but I, I, that to me is like advertising. They can look at it, Lifelong Pilates plus Psyche with Mary Bowen. I'm very shy of, of uh, advertisement. But you have amazing videos about on Joe. Oh, yeah, I do have a, a beautiful, I'm the one who was privileged by this, by give, being given this, the video, which was a series of videos that Joe and Clara made over years. And then when they they just weren't advertising people either, and one of one of their friends, a dancer, they just gave it to her and said, "You can maybe do something with this. I, we never will." And when I opened my big your own gym in Massachusetts, she came to me. I knew her from the dancers in the building, and said, "I'm never going to do anything with this. I'm giving it to you." And I kept it ten years. Never looked at it. Until 1990, Pilates was entering the collective. And I thought, I better look at it. I rented a, a, a camera, and the thing would break and break. You'd have to put it back together. And out of all those reels, I put together 70 minutes of beautiful example of Joe and his work. And the personal stuff, I didn't keep. And now people say, oh, you mean the pity we thought about, you know, Joe is not like an icon yet, you know. He, and so that's a beautiful way to understand what was he like? Where did it come from? And he was a very special individual man and mostly just a being. And he didn't know your name, ever bother. He didn't know your life. He didn't care about it. He cared about you doing his work, like an extension of himself. And he didn't love anybody uh, except he loved you for coming and doing his work. You know, we were giving him his life, letting him keep evolving. I'm so glad I happened in on that studio. And it made me uh, still coming into my body better in my leg. One leg will always be not so strong as the other because of handedness. And I'm more aware of those variations than I've ever been. I'm working on things that, you know, at 93 you're working? Yep. <laughs> I'm working on getting it all balanced, you know. Yes, Mary. Waking it yes. up. Yep. <laughs> well, okay, let's, let's keep waking up, everyone. Yeah. Thank you, Darian. Yes, my pleasure. Nice of you to have me. All Things Pilates is produced, edited, and hosted by me, Darian Gold. Mastered audio mix by Fabian Romero. Theme music, Soul Blues Piano Shuffle by Boom Zoom. If you're looking to advance your practice, my classes might be just what you're looking for. They're fun and challenging and it's true, I see basically everything, but at the same time, I am your biggest cheerleader. At your convenience, please take a look around on my website, dariangold.com. One definition of legacy is defined as anything handed down from the past, as from an ancestor or predecessor. 
there will come a time when we all have to think in these terms. Will you hand down your belongings or your wisdom? Will you share your knowledge or keep it to yourself? As always, I remain in awe of Joe's work, and I look forward to sharing our Season 4 highlight show in a couple of weeks on all things Pilates.